0: Welcome, everyone, to Monday Match Analysis. I'm Gil Gross, and it is time to preview the final major of 2021. The U.S. Open is just about here, beginning tomorrow, recording on Sunday morning. Can't wait for this tournament for so many reasons. I can tell you um, from a a personal perspective, I am working the tournament for U.S. Open Radio. Uh, You can listen to U.S. Open Radio on the U.S. Open app. I I don't think there are any geo-blockers either, so I'm pretty sure wherever you are, uh, you can listen to that. Uh, so so you'll hear me um, at, at some points. I'm actually a court reporter. So I'll be on the outer courts, uh, given these kind of quick hits um, about the the matches I'm seeing. I won't really be on Arthur Ashe Stadium uh, very often, but I'll be all around the uh, the outer courts. I think a little bit of Armstrong grandstand and everything else. So Uh, The reason I I lead with that is uh, I just want to give a heads up about the content before I get into my quarter-by-quarter preview as always. Uh, I'm just going to take, you know, I want to use YouTube to take you guys through the experience with me. So I'm not necessarily going to be breaking down the biggest matches in detail and in depth every time because... I don't really get to control which matches I might you know, be watching start to finish and which I won't. Uh, but I will have a cool experience at the US Open and I'll be ex- uh, experiencing the, the tournament in, I think, a, a special way. And I'm going to just uh, try to bring you guys along with me um, in terms of the content on YouTube. So that's the plan. Um, of course, this is the US Open preview. I will give you... The top seeds i will give you my quarterfinal prediction a dark horse upset alert and a popcorn matchup this video is brought to you by rally tennis rally tennis is a new mobile app that makes it easy to play tennis in your area whether you want to complete compete or just train Creating an account is free. Just head over to rallytennis.com or search for Rally Tennis in the App Store. And if you sign up and use me, Gil Gross, as your referrer, you'll also get $10 towards your account. This video is also sponsored by BetUS. Bet on the U.S. Open at BetUS.com. Sign up using bonus code GILL and get an exclusive 125% bonus on your first deposit. They've got Djokovic as the favorite, followed by Medvedev, Zverev, and Tsitsipas in that order. All the future odds individual matchups as well. And make sure you take advantage of that uh, bonus on the deposit. Those are always very helpful and very important. Um, Please gamble responsibly. And uh, a a quick reminder that my picks do not reflect um, the odds. I don't take the odds into account when I make these picks on my preview. I'm just picking outright. So do be aware um, that picks may not always reflect value. All right. Can't wait for it. There's the thumbnail. Arthur Ashe Stadium, the largest stadium in men's tennis. And with that, let's get to the first quarter. Novak Djokovic's quarter. The top seed's. Are Berrettini, Hircotch, Diminor, Senego, Karatsev, Gafan, and Fonini. Here's my thoughts on this quarter as a whole. Uh, I think that many of the seeds are vulnerable. As you can see, uh, I have Alex Diminor and David Gafan on upset alert. I think that Gafan will likely be an underdog against Mackenzie McDonald. I make Alex Minaur and Taylor Fritz probably a 50-50 match. Those are the two seeds in Djokovic's section. Uh, I don't think the seeds are really strong in the section as a whole. I think Fanini hasn't been able to make much of a run at all. Senego is dangerous but very, very limited, especially if he goes up a- a- against a guy like Novak who's going to make returns to his backhand. He pretty much is uh, very vulnerable after that. Um, so... And then Berrettini. Berrettini, the top seed in the quarter, can be very, very good, uh, but comes in without a lot of match play and injury concerns coming off the thigh, didn't look good in Cincinnati either. Now, there are a lot of unseeded players that are really dangerous here. That's my big takeaway for for Djokovic's quarter. Uh, The seeds aren't really great, but there are so many floaters in here that are kind of eye-popping. Kane ultimately is the one I made my dark horse, but there's also Jensen Brooksby. There's also Marton Fuchovic. There's also Ilya Vashka, who just won Winston-Salem and looked very, very good doing so. Um, Even Dennis Kudlas playing really, really good tennis. Um, I made... Okay, Nishikori, my dark horse. He's good at the U.S. Open. He's been playing better and better. He had the Andre Rublev upset at the Olympics, and um, his fitness is never in question. Best of five uh, on the hard courts. He'll uh, continue to do his thing. I don't think Novak wants to play him in very, very hot weather. You know, Kay K would make Novak work very hard. Nishikori's only beat Djokovic once. It was that 2014 U.S. Open, uh, and, and that's kind of what did it. It was an extremely hot day, and Nishikori just handled that better. Upset alert, demon and Gafan I mentioned. Early popcorn matches, Djokovic's round one. Novak Djokovic against Holger Runa, the um, teenage Dane, um, who is very talented, works hard, has a good ground game, keeps the ball on the court, good consistency, good physicality. Do I think he's ready to make this a close and interesting match? I really don't. A couple weeks back, uh, the last time he played a top player, he played Ruud Rudon Clay, and it was one-way traffic. So I really think it might be similar, but I'm interested to see Novak Djokovic's return to the court. It has obviously been a little while and um, Runa is a is a first round opponent that even if he can't make it competitive, intriguing, a, a, a young up and comer, no doubt. So let's reveal the quarterfinal. The quarterfinal, I have Novak Djokovic defeating Matteo Berrettini. I considered other options uh, for Berrettini, uh, considering I I'm not. 100% sure that Matteo is going to be serving at 100%, which I think is going to be essential for his game. I do think he drew a pretty tough uh, first-round opponent in Jeremy Chardy, who's had a pretty solid 2021. So I think that is kind of a scary first round for Berrettini. But if it's not going to be him, it would probably be Lorenzo Sonego, or more likely Hubert Herkoc. Uh I wasn't able to pick Hurkacz over Berrettini, though. I just think that's not a great matchup for Hubie. And if if there's going to be a surface that that helps Hubie in that matchup, I do feel like it's Wimbledon, a surface that plays a little bit quicker for Hercotch, not a surface like the U.S. Open. Uh, Berrettini, as good as he is on grass, he has a lot of uh, qualities that really work well on a, on a slow court a lot better. So uh, I couldn't pick um, Hercotch in that one. I'm going with Berrettini. Let's see if his health holds up. But nonetheless... Um, I do pick Djokovic in this quarter. Um, His path is beating Runa. Jan-Lenard Struff, who is not playing well as of late. Keita Shikori in round three. Again, the conditions will be key. I I think Djokovic will, will hope for that match to be played at nighttime. Jensen Brooksby in round four. I do think the American can make a run, and I really hope he does. I think it would be electrifying. And then ultimately, Matteo Berrettini. All right. Our next quarter is the number four seed, Alexander Zverev's quarter. The top seeds are Denis Shapovalov, Pablo Karina Busta, Yannick Sinner, Gail Monfils, Riley Opelka, Karen Hachinov, and Alexander Sasha Bublik. Zverev, throughout the season, has had really, really kind draws at the majors. There's no denying that. And here, it seems like luck, uh, draw luck has kind of balanced out because for the first time, he really does have a difficult quarter. I would argue thats that it is the most difficult quarter, although it's not clear that Zverev has the most difficult path because the, uh, the most stacked part of the quarter is not Zverev's section, but the section below Zverev's section, which would be Zverev's potential quarterfinal. Uh, with that being said, six of the 14 names in my US Open power ranking Remember the top 10 and then the four next out. Six of the 14 are in this quarter. There are so many names in this quarter that I had very high hopes for, um, for this tournament. And as a result, I think it is a very difficult quarter to be in. And it's the quarter I'm most looking forward to watching play out. Uh, it's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, My dark horse in this quarter is Sebastian Korda. There are not going to be a lot of players if Korda is healthy. And I think he's had durability issues um, this season without a doubt. But if Korda is healthy, I don't think that there are a lot of players who are going to be able to hit forehands and backhands with him from the back of the court for that reason. I do believe he is the most dangerous unseated player in this section. And uh, he is my, my dark horse here for sure. Upset alert is Denis Shapovalov. Now... This wasn't a no-brainer to me. There weren't any upset alerts that really stuck out as obvious choices here. But the reason I did go with Dennis Shapovalov is obviously his 0-3 form since Wimbledon. Uh, the fact that he really does need to build up some confidence. And um, Federico Delbonis in the first round. I know Delbonis is a clay quarter, but I don't consider that an easy one. I consider that a dangerous one. Roberto Carbias Baena in the second round is someone who beat him. At Roland Garros, in a fantastic match, Tommy Paul could also be the second round. He's an interesting player as well. I mean, he, uh, you know, is a is a somewhat talented American who hasn't put up great results, but will would obviously be inspired to play against Shapovalov and moves very well in defense. Um, and then he has kind of a, uh, you know, I don't know if the, th- the third round would be considered an upset, but this is where I actually have Shapovalov losing in my draw, is Hachinov in the third round. Uh, I think Hatchinov played Shapovalov at Wimbledon really, really well, and it was a 50-50 match. And I think if Shapovalov doesn't serve as well as he did in that Wimbledon match, which is likely um, because he was just serving so hot at that point, um... I think, I think Hachinov would have a good chance to uh, to get through that. So I think Chapeau, tough draw, bad form. That's why he is my upset alert. But if he gets a couple of wins rolling, look, it would not shock me if he made it all the way to the quarterfinal or beyond. Um, also, the expectation factor. How is he going to handle the recent Wimbledon success? That's another thing that I'll be looking out for. My early popcorn match is Sebastian Corda against another candidate for a dark horse in this draw, which is Nicholas Basilevili, who's been so um, inconsistent. Uh, but that is a round one matchup that I think will be on a uh, on a big court. It'll be key for Korda, uh, and that that's a high-level, high-quality first-round match with two of the more dangerous floaters. Um, I will say before I move on from this quarter, um, there is—and I should throw Basilevili in this, obviously—Nicholas Basilevili is— um, still awaiting trial in, in Georgia for for his domestic violence case. But Alexander Zverev um is uh more evidence, more um more corroborated corroborated um timeline information has come out in the accusations of domestic abuse against Alexander Zverev. It is in a new slate article and I do encourage everyone to read that piece. So it's in Slate. Uh, New details and um, a a difficult, a difficult read, obviously, but new details emerging in those accusations. And I just think everyone should give that a look. Um, So let's move on to the quarterfinal. Um, And I have Alexander Zverev getting through Pablo Carreño Busta in the quarterfinal. So let me just expand on on this bottom section. Uh, the, the potential Zverev quarterfinal opponents, okay? You have Kareno Busta there, uh, but Riley Opelka is in there. Sebastian Korda is in there. Yannick Sinner is on the top half with Zverev. And that would be that would be a fascinating matchup. I do hope we get to see Zverev Sinner. That would be a lot of fun. That's a potential fourth round. But Pablo Karina Busta, Karen, Karen Hatchinov, Denis Shapovalov, Riley Opelka, all four of those guys— are a part of the U.S. Open power rankings, either next out or in the top 10. They are all in the same section on the bottom half here. So I go with Pablo Carreño-Busta, but all of those guys are dangerous. All of those guys could potentially be in the quarterfinal. And I just encourage everyone to watch this bottom half play out because there are so many great players here, and the entertainment is going to be super, super high. Okay, so there's a final look at Alexander Zverev's quarter, and let's move on. To the number three seed, Stefano Tsitsipas's quarter. His top seeds are Andre Rublev, FAA Felix Ogiali Asim, Christian Garin, Roberto Bautista Agut, Hugo Umber, Cameron Nori, and Philip Krajinovic. I feel like Krajinovic is always the 32 seed. Does he, right? He's always the 32 or the 30. It's like his ranking never change, changes. He's got like a superpower to say in the exact same ranking. Um, all right. All right. This quarter is this quarter's all right. Uh, no real big takeaways from from the strengths of this quarter, but I will say there's a lot of great first rounds here. so I will be looking forward to uh, to uh, the, the I, I believe that would be Tuesday when the bottom half plays and there's some good first rounds here. Uh, my dark horse is Pedro Martinez. Martinez is a potential round two matchup with Andre Rublev, and he plays James Duckworth in the first round. I like Pedro's physicality. He's a big, explosive athlete. He moves well. Um, he has a he his game is definitely predicated around his forehand. It is very big and it is very heavy. But the cross court backhand can also be pretty damaging as well. Um, and when it's consistent, it's very good. Um, he's someone who works hard. Again, I think he's got great physical attributes. He's got a very good kick serve as well. Um, he is a slow hard quarter and a clay quarter. But Pedro Martinez is someone that I have I think has been playing some good ball all season long. And these conditions could suit him. I don't think he would be easy for Andre Rublev. I have Andre Rublev on upset alert as well. Again, uh, it certainly wouldn't surprise me. If Rublev does go deep here, but I have him on upset alert because I'm wondering if Cincinnati was a little bit of fool's gold for him. I didn't think he was playing well until the Medvedev match. Obviously um, caught fire there against Daniil, played a really good match against someone who he hadn't beaten in a while, then got smoked by Zverev. But overall, in the big picture of Andrei Rublev, I'm a little bit concerned about one, the pressure building up where he just hasn't quite performed at majors to the best of his ability. And I think he's probably feeling that pressure. I'm I'm a little bit concerned about his physicality and the best of five at majors at this point. I still think that there's some work to be done on his body. He has made a lot of progress uh physically over the years. So that is a good sign for the future of Andre Rublev that he can continue to build on that. Um <clears throat> he has gotten bigger and stronger. His serve um, ha- has improved as a result. But I just think there is work to do. I think a tough draw combined with the pressure buildup and the fact that I think his form has been up and down recently, even though he made the final in Cincinnati, uh, all those factors combine for me to put Andre Rublev on upset alert. If he does get upset, man, this could be a pretty wide open section um, Francis Tiafo was in there. He is a potential dark horse that I didn't go with. I went with Pedro Martinez, but Tiafo was a candidate for sure. Uh, Felix Oje Ali such a wild card. Again, nobody's playing with a bigger range of outcomes than Felix. His best level, clearly a top 10 level. His worst level, not a top 50 level. And very few players you can say that about. So FAA could go so many different directions. Roberto Bautista Agut uh, has been to me, disappointing ever since he got—ever um, since clay court season, and I never expect anything from him during clay court season. So it's really after clay court season where RBA has really uh, not lived up to the results that that he would want. So I don't know if RBA is a factor. All this to say that outside of Stefano pass on the bottom half, uh, things could get pretty, pretty crazy here. And I think this is a candidate, if we are going to get a surprise semifinalist, I think that this is the section that it could potentially come from. Uh, there's so much early popcorn here, as I mentioned in the beginning, Ivo Karlovic versus Andre Rublev in the first round for one. Um, now, a couple of interesting things going on here. The main reason this is early popcorn is because um, Ivo Karlovic, this could be his last match and to pay homage to him he needs to be an early popcorn cuz he's had a great great career and i'm so glad he qualified here that's unbelievable i'm i'm really glad he gets his shot at a main draw um another thing is that andrey rublev normally doesn't like to play these kinds of players the big servers and he doesn't really like slice either and evo slices every backhand pretty much so i don't know if that could get interesting i mean evo has not been a threat to any tour-level player in a big way in a very long time. Uh, however, there are arguments to be made that maybe that could get interesting. The other early popcorn I have is Cam Norrie versus Carlos Alcaraz. Norrie's been so solid and is so fun to watch, put so many balls in the court, Works so hard, uh, 100% effort level on every single point, uh, good lefty spins as well. Um, Alcaraz is just a young guy that I think everyone should be continuously watching at all times. And I'm curious to see. He's been pretty good in the best of five so far. He's been good at, in the uh, in the majors. Uh, but a run is probably coming for Carlos Alcaraz. And that's one that I'll definitely have my eye on. Lastly is the one with the biggest names by far out of any first-round matchup. And that's Stefano Sitsipas and Andy Murray. Now, honestly, I don't think Murray can hang here, I, unfortunately, if he does hang, which I really hope he does, excuse me, um, if he is able to hang, it's going to be a lot of fun, but in all likelihood, he won't. Um, obviously, for the, the the name recognition, that's an early popcorn match. That's one that, that we'll be wanting to watch. Uh, I still really enjoy watching Murray compete these days. There's no doubt about that. Uh, even if he's not at his best level I still I, it's still a great thing to watch um okay quarterfinal Stefano Tsitsipas defeats Felix Oje aliasim I went with FAA I think he has the highest uh the highest ceiling of all these guys uh he's comfortable on the hard courts it allows him to take the ball on the rise so um you know I I, I took the optimistic glass half full a lot of you guys get on me for uh for my in my opinion, my honesty about Felix, who's just frustrated me the last couple years with his development. Uh, But in this case, I'm going to go, I'm going to go optimism, Felix optimism, glass half full. And uh, I have him making the quarterfinals, but falling with Stefano Sitsipas, who I think comes in playing really good tennis. There have been some issues. I think his, his on-court, his on-court demeanor has looked a little bit throwback to like 2020 2019 and i thought he had kind of put that stuff behind him and i think if you're going to be a professional with consistency who competes day in and day out um with a sustainable level i think you need to calm down on the court a little bit that's just my overall opinion but his tennis is still really really good and um my path for him is beating murray uh pierre U herbert cameron nori and uh, Hugo Ember in the fourth round, who's, you know, they keep playing over and over again, and Umber presents challenges. But on, on the slower court surface, I do think this U.S. Open could be a little bit too slow and a little bit too heavy for Umber. Um So I have Pass getting through there. That's a really weak section, by the way, with uh, Christian Garin and Ember and really no unseeded players that jump out. So uh, big opportunity for Ember, who's had really bad draw luck. Uh, to, to try to make a round four. And Umber should expect to make a round four here. I think if he doesn't, um, he might be disappointed. Uh, so that's an interesting wrinkle here. As I said, in the top half, you have Tiafo, Rublev, FAA, uh, and and RBA. And I think that that one could get a little bit crazy, could get a little bit messy. So Stefano Tsitsipas' quarter, it's an interesting one. But I think a great quarter for Tsitsipas. I think this is a good draw for him. There are There are lefties. Uh, there's a guy in Pierre uerber who might serve and volley and might test those return skills. That could be a little bit interesting, but for the most part, he avoids the big server, that big bomber who could give him in trouble, who could get him in trouble. No Isner, no Opelka, Rownick isn't playing. Um, no, I, I don't know who who some other ones are, but yeah, no, no massive server, no Curios. I think Curios could could give him issues as well. So good quarter for Tsitsipas, I would say. Finally, Daniil Medvedev's quarter. Medvedev is in a quarter with Casper Rude, Diego Schwartzman, Grigor Dimitrov, John Isner, Dan Evans, Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, and Marin Cilic. My dark horse here is Alex Molchan. Now, I probably haven't, Cut this deep into a dark horse since I went with Aslan Karatsev, who is 127 in the world at the Australian Open. Molchan is a a guy who I've just noticed his results on the Challenger Tour. Obviously, Belgrade 2, he made the final um, in in that tournament. Or maybe Belgrade 1. One of the Belgrades. Um, Molchan made the final. um, And he is someone who's just, again, the amount he's winning, you got to take notice. When, when a player is winning that much, as Ilya Avashka has this year, and I've been uh, I've been trying to hype him up a little bit as well, when someone is winning that much, they are dangerous, uh, period. It doesn't matter if they're at the challenger level or if they're at the tour level. If you're going to be winning titles, which uh, Alex Molchan has, and then he qualified here, so he's used to the conditions, and he has some confidence rolling, uh, to me that's a dangerous player. He's a lefty, he's super athletic, and he's got a lot of skill. A lot of skill and um weapons, all-court game. Not that much power, but a lot of uh, craft to to his game. No upset alert for me in this quarter. I think that the seeds uh, are pretty safe, just mostly by nature of the unseeded players being pretty unthreatening. I think the, uh, the one seed that I think could be in danger is actually... The early popcorn match here, John Isner against Brandon Nakashima. And again, this is just draw. I mean, I think a lot of the the top seeds, especially in the first round, have really easy, um, relatively first round opponents here. John Isner has a tough one, though, in Brandon Nakashima, who um, who has has played well. I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, and I don't have this offhand. Again, I did a lot of time saving here, and I don't have a lot of stats either for you guys because of that. I'm pretty sure Brandon Nakashima has beaten some big servers in Atlanta and, and Los Cabos. I think it's safe to say that uh, that he did pretty well against, I think he might have a win over Isner, actually. Um, but if not, maybe, maybe a query or an Opelka. Um, so that is an interesting one. Early popcorn, no doubt about it. Nakashima, Isner, very excited for that. That's can't miss, in my opinion. Um, I, I think the Tuesday first round matches on the men's side are incredible. Just, just to make a blanket statement about that. In terms of the top seeds, um, I think that there are some some interesting names here. Not so much at the bottom, but I think um, I think it's average actually. If if I'm looking at it with Rude, Schwartzman, Dimitrov, and Isner, so they're all players with some past success at the U.S. Open. Uh, besides Casper Rude, who I think could be primed for for a run here for the first time. Um, So let me just get to how I see this quarter shaking out. Let's get to it. Um, I do have Daniil Medvedev defeating John Isner. Yes. Well, I do think that Isner's first round is difficult and could get tricky by nature of Brandon Nakashima and how solid he is. I do think after that, things get pretty positive for John Isner. Um, potentially playing a guy like Diego Schwartzman and Casper Rude. I think that those are two players that if he plays in the daytime, if he plays in the heat, I think he can use that serving advantage and attack their second serves and uh, end up having um, a successful time out there. Um, I think Isner is playing really good tennis. He's been a tough out in 2021. And uh, I have him making the quarterfinal. There could be a rematch of Casper Ruud against Alejandro Davidovich-Vikina. They could play again in the third round um, after their uh, Roland Garros. I do hope that happens. I think Ruud would get through it if they got to play again. Uh, for Daniil Medvedev, his run. Richard Gasquet in the first round. Dominic Kepfer in the second, who uh, has a really good return of serve. So I don't know if, if that's um, a, a reason why that could get really close, but... Um, again, it, it certainly helps against Medvedev to have a really good return of serve. Marin Chilich in the third round. Grigor Dimitrov in round four. Um, Dimitrov, maybe Cincinnati will will give him some, some confidence. Um, I do not have faith in Dan Evans, really. Um, so that's Medvedev's path to the quarterfinal. Isner gets through uh, Schwartzman and Rude, And that's how I have this one shaking out. Um, I think, again, pretty pretty balanced. Pretty balanced. I like this draw. I, I'm curious to know what you guys think. I think this draw worked out pretty well. Okay. Before we go to the final weekend, let me address the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is that I have picked all of the top seeds to go through. And I don't like to do that. It happened in Cincinnati. The likelihood that it happens again is very very low however um the likelihood that any human being gets every single semi-finalist correct is very very low so um i think this is my takeaway from this i have a ton of faith in these top four guys i have very little faith in anyone below them you know that's the truth i think there's a really big drop off number five in my power rankings is andre rublev and i have him on upset alert. Um, I think there's a really big drop-off after that. That doesn't mean players are not going to play amazing tennis in this tournament. It's just hard to discern who it's going to be. And I have a really, really big confidence in the the level of tennis that Zverev, Medvedev, and Tsitsipas are playing as the contenders for, obviously, Novak Djokovic, who hasn't played since the Olympics but has dominated uh, 2021. Um, I just have a ton of confidence. I just think they're playing great, all of them. So... I could not justify an upset of any of them, and while it's again while it's unlikely that all of them are going to make it through, um, it was the only pick I could make. I could not I could not pick against any of them with any sort of confidence. So that is that. Let's move on to the final weekend, beginning with the semifinals. Djokovic defeats Alexander Zverev in five sets. Medvedev defeats Stefano Tsitsipas in four sets. I do not get too in-depth when it comes to these hypothetical matchups because, I, again, they are hypothetical. Um, But, again, I think Djokovic and Zverev, to me that's mostly um, a a major mental edge there for, for Novak and good past results and Zverev. Still looking for that signature victory at a major. Medvedev Tsitsipas, that comes down to the Stefano Tsitsipas return and how well Daniil Medvedev serves. And um, I think that's problematic for Tsitsipas on any quick court. All right, the final reveal. Here we go. Three, two, one. And I have Daniil Medvedev defeating Novak Djokovic. This is probably a shock to many. It gives me no joy to do this with Novak Djokovic on the brink of monumental tennis history that I think most tennis fans would just appreciate witnessing, and uh, I know I would. Uh, It's also been so long, and I can't remember the last time I picked against Novak on a non-clay court at a slam. I really don't remember. Maybe some of you who have been following the channel for a while can, can remind me when the last time it was. It was um, certainly I don't know who I went with, with, uh, Australian open 2019, but certainly after that, it's been Djokovic, the pick every single time. And for the most part, he's proven me right. I'm going to keep the explanation for this very, very simple. I'm picking against Novak Djokovic for one reason and one reason only. I think he's playing at a major disadvantage because of the pressure. Now for the last couple of years, I've said there is no one in the world who is better at handling the pressure Than Novak Djokovic. I stand by that statement and I still believe it to be true. And if Novak had won Wimbledon and perhaps gone through the Olympics without showing the effects of pressure, I would have just said, okay, this guy's not even human. He's not human. The pressure never affects him. And I would have picked him to win the US Open here. But I saw the effects of pressure, not only at Wimbledon, which he is so good at managing his nerves that he still won. But I still I saw the effects of the pressure there. And then you saw the effects of the pressure uh, combined with exhaustion. So I actually value Wimbledon a little bit more as a data point. Um, You you saw the effects of it at at the Olympics as well. And that goes to show that every human, it doesn't matter who they are, has a limit for how much they're able to withstand. And the amount of pressure on Novak is is more than anything I've ever seen since Serena Williams was in the same position in 2015 and lost to Roberta Vinci in the semifinal. Uh, I also think that the other three players are at such a high level right now, Medvedev, Tsitsipas, and Zverev. They're at such a high level that I don't think Novak can win with less than his best uh, like he was able to do at Wimbledon. Uh, I don't think that that could be in the cards. I think the other two are too good. Now, some people, other three, are are too good. Mostly the two, though. Mostly Zverev and Medvedev. Some people might argue that chasing their first major ever means that they're under more pressure. I just, you can think that, I just don't agree. I think the weight of the world is on Novak Djokovic's shoulders, and I think it could easily affect his game. He will get to 21 majors at some point, but I just think the uh, the the U.S. Open is going to be a particularly challenging one for him to do it at because of... All of the build-up, the history, and possibly the exhaustion, the unconventional lead-up. Uh, but in one word, I'm picking against Djokovic because of the pressure. And the reason I'm comfortable, the other part of it is I'm comfortable picking Medvedev to win a major at this point. I think his game is ready. I think his mind is ready, unless he gets rattled for some reason. Something happens, which can happen from time to time, but I think the likelihood is rather low. So. There you have it. That is my US Open preview. I can't wait. I have chills just thinking about uh, what's to come, and uh, I can't wait to witness a lot of it and share it with all of you. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus performance line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.